Good morning, everybody, and welcome to The Time Is Now. I am your host, Michael Stafford. It is Tuesday, February the 2nd. Happy Black History Month, everybody. The bridge is over. The bridge is over. Bye-bye. <laughs> the fallouts from the hardened trade. What are they going to do in Brooklyn? The Super Bowl is up next week. We got the GOAT versus the Kid. But first, early NBA award candidates. So got a lot to cover this week. So sit back, relax, and I'll see you on the other side. All right, this week, we're starting off with the NBA, top story NBA. We're going to do a recap from last week's picks. Let's go back to it. Tuesday, we had the Knicks versus the Jazz. I chose the Jazz. I was correct. And then Wednesday, we had the Lakers versus the 76ers. Now, that game was close. The 76ers, like, they're going to run away with, and the Lakers had a late game push. And if it wasn't for that switch off of Tobias Harris over Caruso, I would have been right with the Lakers. But alas, I was wrong. The Lakers lost that game to the 76ers. Next, we had the Mavs versus the Jazz. The Jazz had that long winning streak. I thought it was going to get beat that night in Utah by the Mavs, but you know what? I put too much faith in the Mavs. The Mavs lost to the Jazz, and I was wrong there. Then it was the Nets versus the Hawks. I thought the Hawks at home were going to do something against the Nets because the Nets ain't playing no defense, and the Hawks have a pretty good offense and play pretty good defense, but I was wrong. The Hawks went down to the Nets on that Wednesday. Then Thursday, Dubs versus the Suns. The Suns are just looking too tough right now, guys. I had the Dubs and I was wrong. And then Friday, the Pacers versus the Hornets. I thought the Hornets were going to be doing good. They have been doing well, and I thought they're going to start mellow ball by then, but I was wrong. So they end up losing to the Pacers. I was wrong again. Saturday, Lakers versus Celtics. Another close game. Lakers win that one by one point as they bounce back from losing two straight on the road. Their first two losses on the road and their first back-to-back loss in over a year the lakers beat the celtics later that saturday we had the rockets versus the pelicans i knew that was gonna be a good game tough matchup and i had the pels beating the rocks rockets rockets prevailed the rockets looking really tough this year guys and um we'll talk more about that later how the rockets are doing post trade of harden now on sunday you have the jazz versus the nuggets um i thought the jazz are going to get bounced back from that winning streak being broken but they didn't get it broken before but now they finally got it broken by those nuggets i was wrong the jazz lose to the nuggets and then sunday later that day 76ers versus the pacers i thought the pacers were gonna come in because i believe joel mb was going to take a break and i was right but they still end up beating the pacers i was wrong again finally monday last night the lakers versus the hawks I knew the Lakers were going to bounce back and it being the end of that long seven-game road trip, the longest of the season. A lot of people picked the Hawks probably to win that game, being a, a trap game, but I knew my Lakers were going to prevail, and I was right. Lakers pulled away in the fourth quarter and beat those Hawks. And then finally, Grizzlies versus the Spurs. Grizzlies in San Antonio. I picked the Grizzlies to win. I was correct. Grizzlies over the Spurs. Now, let's do see how I did. Week seven picks. I got four right and eight wrong. That is horrific. Let's not let that happen again, guys. Let's see what we do for week eight. Week eight picks. Tuesday, the Clippers versus the Nets. I have the Clippers winning later tonight over the Nets as the Clippers play great defense and the Nets simply do not. And the the Clippers have great offense. So I got the Clippers over the Nets. Later that later to later tonight, Portland versus the Wizards. I feel like the Wizards are surging right now. 
and the, that's gonna be a great game westbrook versus um dame time they also get a little chippy let's see how that turns out i think westbrook's gonna start having his best games so i see dc beating portland at home boston versus the dubs another great game i see the warriors gonna start picking it up as they're showing out their lineup and boston i feel like they're just gonna tread water i got the dubs over boston wednesday philly versus charlotte Mellow Ball is now starting. He just went ahead and beat the Bucks the other day. He's doing very well. I have Charlotte beating Philly. And then later that day, tomorrow, Atlanta versus the Mavs. I feel like that Atlanta's doing great things. The Mavs, I don't know what's going on with Porzingis. So I got Atlanta over the Mavs. And then finally on Wednesday, I have the Pels beating the Phoenix Suns. Thursday, I have the Lakers beating Denver at home. Lakers have a big homestand, six game, five games straight. And I feel like they're going to come back and do big things over Jokic. I want LeBron to prove that he is the MVP, not Jokic. Next, Dubs versus the Mavs. I have the Dubs beating the Mavs. Finally, on Thursday, Houston versus Memphis. That's going to be a great game. You got the young kid down there, John Morant, going against uh, John Wall, who used to, he's showing that he still has something in the tank. I have the Rockets beating Memphis. Friday, Boston versus the Clippers. That's going to be a great game. That's a potential finals matchup. I have the Clippers beating Boston. And then Saturday, I actually was waffled on this one. It's Nets versus Philly. Huge game. This may actually be a Eastern Conference final preview. It could easily be a second round if, if, if the Nets fall down to the fourth seed. But at first, I was going to go with Philly. I'm now leaning towards the Nets winning that game. Later that day, Mavs versus the Dubs. I feel like the Mavs will get some redemption. I see the Mavs beating the Dubs. And then we have Memphis versus the Pelicans, another great game. I feel like uh, Lonzo Ball is stepping it up right now. He's gonna, they're going to prevail. They have too much depth, and they're showing their roster. And a lot of guys are showing to get – they're going to try to move some pieces in a trade. We'll talk about that in the coming weeks. Sunday, 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 we have Boston versus the Sun. I actually got the Sun beating Boston at home. And finally, on Monday, Houston Rockets versus Charlotte. I have the Rockets beating Charlotte. And Milwaukee Bucks versus Denver. I have the Bucks beating Denver. Now, a lot of these things are going to go into my next conversation when it comes to these different teams. Um, but first, going back to last week, we're going to talk about the post-trade with Harden and, <laughs> and the Nets and Houston Rockets, how it all turned out. So, since the trade, first of all, let's go, let's rewind the tape. I said this way back when the trade talks first started at the beginning of the season. I said, please, basketball gods, let this work out. I want Harden to go to the Nets. And why? First, I actually thought they would have to give up Kyrie and other pieces. I said, that won't work. But as I saw it showing up, I said, wow, they didn't give up that much, but they did. They gave up their defense, and Dinwiddie is gone for the year. So now you lack depth. You picked up Shumpert, but that's not going to do much. You lack depth. And now you have a lot of the same parts. See, a big three usually only works if you have complementary parts i.e. Paul Pierce, Kevin Garnett, and Ray Allen. Kevin Garnett came and shored up the defense. He brought that intensity, and he was a big man. Then you have Ray Allen, sharpshooter. And then you have Paul Pierce, who does everything. He's your MVP. And then you even have a person like Rondo, young Rondo, who people tend to forget about, who make sure it all worked together. You don't have that here. Yes, the stats can be great with Harden. He's going to get triple doubles. In a sense, he's taking a back seat and he's running the point guard spot. But I wouldn't want a dribble, dribble, dribble guy running the point guard spot. See, even though he's getting the assists, it's how he's getting them. You guys don't understand about time of possession. People are standing around. There's a lot of iso ball. When a ball doesn't move around, yes, you got nine guys giving you 90. 
but then the rest of the players are giving you 50, but then you guys are still giving up 150. <laughs> Just the other night, you're up by 10 points with five seconds, six, or no, you're up by five points with 10 seconds left in the game and you get beat by Westbrook and them boys, the one of the worst teams in the league. Which I don't believe they actually are. I think it's by record. It has a lot to do with COVID and so forth and so on. I still expect the Wizards to, to do the uh, play-in game. I think they'll make a top 10 seed and get the play-in. I think they might actually end up with the eight seed and get into the playoffs, but neither here or there. They still lost. As the Nets thought they would be favorites. I said once again that I feel like it's the lack of defense. Who's going to play defense? Harden has shown propensity to play defense from time to time. We all seen KD in those championship runs with the Warriors play great defense because he didn't have to sh shoulder the load of all the offense. So you figure that would transfer over here. But mind you, he's coming off an Achilles. It takes a lot of athleticism to play defense. And it's a team concept because the way you play defense is actually team defense, not iso ball. And then Kyrie. We saw Kyrie in his championship season with LeBron in the finals play great defense over Steph Curry. So you see all that. You know these guys can't play defense, but I don't believe that it would work because who the coaches are. You have a rookie coach at Nash who never known to play defense, and he has D'Antoni. Take the D out of D'Antoni because they don't play defense. And I knew this would happen. And I said, great. And so now this team has no shot of doing it. Now we look at it here. So now they are, yes, the best offensive team, efficient team in the league, but they're also one of the worst defensive teams of all time. And I don't know who they're going to pick up in the waiver wire. They're talking about maybe getting McGee. I think that's a possibility. I think McGee... Uh, maybe not getting traded, but maybe getting bought out. It's a cheap contract. I can see the Cleveland buying them out because they have too many centers right now. They have too many big men. So I can see someone. I, I don't think that the uh, the rumors of getting uh, Drummond are real. And Drummond just gives you more possessions. He's not really a rim defender. He's not a great defensive player per se, but he gives you rebounds. So that's going to help in one regard but they don't need help offensively and i don't agree with stephen a saying that you need kd to shoot more shots because stephen a all he talks about is shooting because that's what he was he only sees offense this team doesn't lack offense they lack defense they don't have a defensive identity they don't play great team defense because they don't play as a team when the ball moves around a lot it creates some sort of kinetic energy amongst the team the teams you see who play defense are the teams who share the ball the most go back and look pay attention some people need to watch film stop looking at the stats the teams that move the ball the most hot potato, like the way Golden State played, the way the Showtime Lakers used to play. Those teams tend to play defense, and you've never had a team that was outside of the top 10, 11 uh, efficient defense. Those teams are the ones who win the title, not the teams who are at the bottom or even on the bottom third like the Nets are right now. Now let's look at Houston's side. Houston has been a top three defensive team since the Harden trader and now starting to win. And don't let their record fool you. A lot of those losses are because Harden just did not play well. And mind you, you have Boogie and Wall coming back, trying to get healthy. And they had a lot of COVID testing and they missed some games. So you have all that together. I see Houston actually making the playoffs, guys. So that's how I think about that scenario. Now let's move on to the Lakers, my Lakers. I feel like they're showcasing Kuz a lot. You see Kuz getting double-doubles for the first time in his career at a record weight. You have THT getting minutes over Wes Matthews and getting minutes even more so than Caruso at times. Why is that? I feel like they're showcasing them to make a trade. For who? I'm not 100% sure. People are saying Bradley Bill, but they've been saying that for a couple of seasons now. I'm not 100% sure who they're looking for or who they're looking to get. I don't think they really need anything, really. But their team is too deep. And there's a certain thing that's too deep. Marcus has been letting me down, not hitting the wide open three and getting a lot of foul trouble. So who knows who they're looking for to get. But I feel like they're showcasing those players because THT is a LeBron guy. He's a clutch sports guy. 
and he wants to get paid. So he's not going to get paid with the Lakers. They are looking to move him eventually. Mark my words on that. AD has been missing a lot of free throws, not being sufficient and looking a little overweight. If this continues, we can continue to see that the Lakers may slide and they may lose a lot of steam. It is very hard to repeat. We've got to keep an eye on AD because without AD, if AD's not playing like an MVP, the Lakers have no shot. I don't care how deep they are. So going more with that, speaking of the MVP, have you seen the way LeBron's been playing at the age of 36, shooting 50% from the field, 41% from three, eight rebounds, eight assists, averaging that? If he's not your league MVP, clear cut, I don't know who is. Now you have Paul George maybe, but you have Kawhi splitting that vote because Kawhi's playing even more efficient than Paul George. Paul George is shooting better, but Kawhi's doing everything else. So they're going to split the vote. Maybe Jokic, but their team won't be good enough. I remember they were talking about Luka early in the year, but their team's not good enough. If you don't win enough games, you don't usually win it. And people are just tired of seeing Giannis in there. And they don't even have the best record in the East. So he's not going to win it. So maybe Embiid. Maybe. But between Jokic and Embiid, when's the last time a center's actually won the MVP award? Oh, I know. It was Shaq in 2000. So we're talking about 21 years. <laughs> Folks, it's going to be LeBron winning his fifth MVP this year. Uh, if, they, if the Lakers stay as a top two seed in the East and LeBron continues at this pace, playing the least amount of minutes in his career at, what, 32 minutes a game, <laughs> you're averaging 27, almost 28 points a game, eight rebounds, eight assists, shooting efficiently at 50% from the field and over 40% from the three, his highest ever. And then you are the defending champ. And I think the fact that he's 36 will actually play in his favor. He's going to win the MVP this year. If he does it, it's a crime. So with that being said, I have some early season candidates. So we talked about the MVP. Who do I think the rookie of the year is going to be? I think the leading candidate is LaMelo Ball. Like I said, now, as he's starting to start, his numbers are only going to get better. And now that Charlotte's going to be in the playoff picture, Charlotte has not been in the playoff in several seasons. He's making everyone around him better. Everyone around him better is averaging highs. And this is the best Gordon Hayward has looked in several seasons. Actually, this is the best as Gordon Hayward has looked since he's left Utah. <laughs> when he was an all-star. That's all LaMelo Ball. You could look at people from the Kings like Therese Halliburton starting to pick it up. I and mean, we all know he's a sharpshooter. But I say it's between LaMelo Ball. I don't think the, um, that I forgot his name already because he's not worth talking about. He looks like the next D-Way. looks great. But Minnesota's playing so poorly. I can't see the number one overall pick getting that. And then um, Wiseman now coming off the bench, getting less minutes, but playing very well. I don't see him being the rookie of the year. I feel like he will be one of, if not the best player, five years from now out of this draft. It's going to be between him and Melo will be the best player out of this draft. But as of right now, the rookie of the year is going to be LaMelo Ball. Most approved player of the year. I have two people, candidates. They're, they're both centers. First, Christian Wood. Christ, look at his numbers. Christian Wood out of Houston. My goodness. He's a big reason why they're doing so well. You have Christian Wood and Boogie. <laughs> I'm trying to tell y'all that Houston's looking serious. Christian Wood, Boogie coming back. Boogie had a big double-double and Christian Wood was out. And then you have also um, Victor Oladipo, former All-Star. John Wall, former All-Star. <laughs> this team is serious, people. They still got Gordon. They still got P.J. Tucker hitting it from the corner. Listen, they're a dangerous out in the playoffs. And Christian Wood's a bigger reason why, because of that, coming from Detroit. 
And but my other one's DeAndre Ayton. So you people forget he missed 40 games last season due to a suspension. You know, and why did he get suspended for for uh for whatever substance abuse or uh, substance whatever? So you telling me this guy was actually suspended for trying to be better and stronger? This guy's a double double machine. So he might by default win it because his stats are much better than last season because he didn't get a chance to play. And he was injured the year before. I say DeAndre Ayton or Christian Wood, two centers, two big men out of the West are the leading candidates for most improved player. And then we have defensive player of the year. You know, I'm going to go with my boy, Anthony Davis, even though he's not playing that well offensively, he's still getting a lot of blocks and steals and rebounds. Instead of last night, he only had two rebounds, but he's still averaging nearly a double double this year. And then getting those blocks, he's averaging nearly two blocks a game. But guess who's averaging more blocks a game? No, it's not the, uh, what do you call it, the Eiffel Tower. It's, it's not Gobert. It's actually Miles Turner out of Indiana. And I believe he's actually coming off the bench. He doesn't have high minutes usage. And he's still averaging over two blocks a game. Miles Turner can easily be this year's Defensive Player of the Year. That's crazy. Now, let's finish this off with the power rankings the power rankings right now my power rankings i actually have let's let's do this backwards i'm gonna go from fifth my top five power rankings number five i got the brooklyn nets regardless of them being the worst defensive team probably of all times they still have a three-headed monster and they're one of the top teams in the east they're top two seed in the east i still have the brooklyn nets number five number four <laughs> you guys will be shocked i actually have my Lakers as number four. Mind you, I'm talking about power rankings as of right now, as of February 2nd. This can change in a week or two, but they had a bad week. They had two losses this week, and they're looking kind of sluggish, kind of lazy. Anthony Davis not playing well. They don't look too, too scary to teams. A lot of the games have been close. No blowouts. So I have the Lakers fourth. Number three, I have the Sixers. One of the teams to beat the Lakers, who broke the Lakers' um, streak, road game winning streak. The Sixers, they're a very dangerous team, but they're only dangerous with Embiid. Without Embiid, they are literally nothing. They cannot win a game without Embiid. I think they're 0-4 with all the games he's missed this year. And I think he's, they're almost undefeated with Embiid on the court. So the Sixers, I have a number three. Number two, the Utah Jazz, who just came off an 11-game winning streak. Now, you would think the team with the longest winning streak in the league should be the number one power ranked team no because even with that long streak they still don't have the best record in the league and who does the clippers i have the clippers number one who have the best record in the league right now they also have a long winning streak they're they're eight and two in their last 10 games Kawhi's figured it out they got the kid on um, canard finally starting to hit his jays marcus morris is doing his thing but tomb is balling pg-13 is on a redemption tour they are alive. Pat Beverly's hitting the three finally. I, it has it's a lot to do without the fans being there because you got guys are shooting the three at a high clip since the bubble. My God. So, but as of right now, I have the Clippers as the number one ranked seed power rank right now. And to double down on that, I have the Clippers as being the biggest threat to the reigning champs, the Lakers right now. So they have a good chance of actually coming out of the West the way I see it right now due to their depth and due to actually Tyron Lue. I said it last year, regardless of Tyron Lue is going to get there or not, I said the second season the Clippers will be more live. I said last season with the Lakers' best chance, and I knew the Lakers were going to win it because they showed the continuity. By, by New Year's, they were clearing ahead the best team, even though they already had lost to the Bucks, They already had lost to the Clippers. 
they came back later that year in March, right before the lockdown, and beat both teams. They were panning in the right direction, so I knew the Lakers were going to win. I said next year it's going to be the Clippers' year when everyone's healthy, and I thought they still have Doc. But now with Lou, Lou is a clear upgrade from Doc Rivers. Why? Doc Rivers, once again, has lost the most 3-1 leads in league history. And guess who came back from a 3-1 deficit in the finals? Only coach to ever do it. That's right, Tyron Lue. And guess who he was coaching? LeBron James. So who's going to know how to defend or to coach against LeBron James with two of the best perimeter defenders on the team in Kawhi Leonard at PG-13 and Pat Bev? Listen, the Clippers are alive. Clippers are dangerous. I don't fear Utah. Don't fear the Nets. It's the Sixers and the Clippers and the Clippers being the most dangerous team to the Lakers. Well, that's it, guys. We're going to take another, we're going to take a short break. This is the time is now. This show is brought to you by Pure Diamond Auto. With Pure Diamond Auto, they take the dirt out of the car business and make it pure. Pure Diamond Auto has a team of former finance and sales managers who can guide you through all the tricks of the trade. Go to www.purediamondautola.com today and use promo code TIME for a free consultation. That's promo code TIME. That's purediamondautola.com. What can I say? I love PDA. You know what time it is. It's the happy birthday. So let's go. LT Lawrence Taylor turning 62 and Vladi Divac turning 53 and the big show turning 49 and Kim Kardashian's ex Chris Humphreys turning 36 and Saquon Barkley turning 24, Joe Pesci turning 78 and Lori Harvey's man Michael B. Jordan turning 34 and Cristiano Ronaldo turning 36 and Steve Nash turning 47 and Kevin Gates turning 35 and Clay Thompson turning 31 and Bobby Brown is his prerogative to turn 52 and Alonzo Mourning turning 51 and Messiah Harris the son of Tip Harris turning 21 and Daddy Yankee turning 44, and India Love, the Westwood girl, the most popular one, turning 25, and Sean Kingston is turning 31, and Warwick Davis, that's Willow, guys, turning 51, Zaire Wade, that is Dwayne Wade's son, turning 19, and Cameron turning 45, and Axel Rose turning 59, and Tanache turning 28, and Ashton Kuster turning 43, and Chris Rock turning 56. Garth Brooks turning 59, and Matt Stafford now in the LA Rams turning 33, and Julio Jones turning 32, Seth Green turning 47, and finally, my niece Paige is going to turn 13, and then myself, yours truly, is turning 40 this week. We have some honorable mentions. Babe Ruth passed away in 1948, would have been 126 this week. Um, Rosa Parks passed away in 2005 would have been 108 this week and gary coleman passed away in 2010 would have been 53 this week and bob marley passed away in 1981 would have been 76 this week and hank aaron who just passed away a week ago would have been 87 this week and finally trayvon martin who was slain in 2012 never got justice would have been 26 this week but that's all of our birthdays this week guys now back to our show
Welcome back to The Time Is Now. Um, I, I have to mention this before we move on to football, um, that we went through the different early picks and awards in the NBA, and I, and I have to mention Coach of the Year, early candidate for me. And as we see the turnaround since the Harden trade, we're going to go back to that again. I say that Coach Silas, first-year head coach, 20-year assistant coach, with the way that the Rockets are playing as of right now, like I said, one of the top three defensive teams since the trade, they have just broke their record in three-pointers made. Now 28 three-pointers made. You had House and Macklemore and, of course, like I said, Gordon and P.J. Tucker, and Christian Wood, who I spoke about earlier, who's looking like a poor man's A.D., but he's actually shooting it better than A.D., my God. I have Silas as the early candidate for coach of the year as they're going to resurge and i believe they're going to finish as a top four seed in the west post losing their mvp in harden look out for those houston rockets boys whoever's the first seed you may see them in the second round moving on with the super bowl this weekend i'll be in vegas enjoying that got some money on that game going to do a three to five part parlay and i got my money on the kansas city chiefs the chiefs are just looking unstoppable the bucks defense is decent but they do a lot of blitz 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 and you can blitz all day but guess who's got the best percentages against the blitz mahomes he actually plays better when you blitz him so what do you do now you gotta go back into cover two gonna do a cover gonna play in zone I don't think that's going to matter because you got Tariq Hill. Do the zone. Okay, great. Kelsey is going to slash you up. I mean, these guys are dangerous. You still got Hardman who will slash up a zone. <laughs> you blitz. You got Tariq Hill running down the sideline, burning you with the afterburners, the cheetah. What do you do? Come on, man. I don't know. And all you got to do is pressure Brady. We already know what happens when you blitz Brady. You get pressure on him. If you get to him in under three seconds, he's one of the worst quarterbacks in the league. That's a glaring stat. He's bottom third in the league when he's pressured. When he's not, when he's given time, he's top three. Just a glaring stat. So I got Kansas City. I have it in a shootout. I think it's going to be one of the most entertaining Super Bowls in recent history. And I say in that shootout, I say Kansas City prevails. They might even put up a 40-burger because of the propensity and lack of defense. And I believe this game will be out of reach by, by halftime. I wouldn't say out of reach because it's going to be a shootout. So it's just going to, you're going you're to see a lot of points. I believe at halftime, I would say that Kansas City leads mm, 28 to 17 at half. That's what I think. 28 to 17 at half. Save the tape. That's what I believe. Now, more things about the um, outside of the Super Bowl. Um, well, let's let's backtrack just a little bit. I call it the goat versus the kid. And we all know the kid is a baby goat. Um, that's what I titled the Super Bowl to be. Now, there's two things that can happen. Kansas City, I believe, will win. If they win, great. Um, just just more things to put on the belt of uh, Pat Mahomes and qualifying for that half a billion dollar contract. But let's just say you never know. It's football. Any given Sunday, right? Someone can get hurt. God forbid. I'm not saying anyone will get hurt. You know, Patrick Mahomes could get another concussion. Who knows? Then it's anybody's game. So with that happening, just say with sheer luck, the cheetah, anyone, there's injuries happen. It's a contact sport. And Tom Brady wins it. I believe that Tom Brady retires. <laughs> 
I believe Tom Brady retires. If Tom Brady wins it, what else he has to prove? His first year with a new team, with a team that did not make the playoffs last year, that actually had a losing record, below 500 record last season. First year, he goes ahead and brings Gronk out of the retirement. He got AB off the wire, off the waiver wire. You, you, you get Fournette. He, he just attracts all the top talent, just like the best dude, like LeBron does. He says, okay, you guys want to take less money to come play with me? Come do that. that. That's what the GOATs do. That's what the great ones do. That's what they do. Magic Johnson back in the day, same thing. Just attract all the top talent because they want to play with you. Now he goes ahead and wins the seventh ring out of what? Was it 10 tries? <laughs> I don't even like Brady. I'm a Raiders fan. But you have to bow down if he wins and he beats Patrick Mahomes in doing so. Even if Pat, like I said, gets hurt or whatever, he still beat the Kansas City Chiefs, one of the most deadliest teams. They're looking like a dynasty, which is hard to do in the NFL, by the way. To go back to back, that's almost impossible. It doesn't happen often. So if Brady wins, which I don't have my money on, but it can happen, I believe he retires, people. I think he goes off in the sunset with Giselle and says, I, I came, I saw, and I won. And I'm out of here because it, it doesn't get any better than this. And proving that it was him, not Belichick. So moving on with more things in the NFL. Uh, there is a, it's usually a coaching carousel, as we would say. But I'm going to focus on the quarterback carousels. We just saw Matt Stafford get traded for Jared Goff. And the Rams, once again, pushing their chips all in, giving up more draft picks. First of all, I'm like, dude, where they where do they keep getting these draft picks from? <laughs> every every year, Jalen, all these people, Jalen Ramsey, so-and-so, they're getting all these picks. But the defense is short up. Running game is decent. It's not like Todd Gurley when he was healthy. But Akers is doing fine. They have a three-headed monster at running back. So they're running by committee. And, and then the wide receiving core is pretty deep. One of the deepest in the league. So who's the question mark? Jared Goff. Now, Jared Goff is an MVP candidate. He took the team to the Super Bowl. They got beat down. But this guy's really well accomplished. And he got and he was in the same draft as Wentz. And he's outperforming everyone else in his draft. He's accomplished more, I would say, than anyone in his draft class. But they just knew that, you know, him and McVay were not on the same page. And he's just not a quarterback to get you over the hump. However... You've had other quarterbacks who are not nearly as good or as gifted as him who have won Super Bowl. When the defense is decent enough, they win. You have the Trent Dilfers of the world. It happens. When Russell Westbrook before, not Russell Westbrook, <laughs> Russell Wilson, you know, Sierra's husband, when he won it, it was based on the running game and the defense. He was not that guy just yet. Even Tom Brady, even the GOAT, when he won his first Super Bowl, it was the kicking game. It was Vinatieri and his leg and the defense. His numbers were pedestrian. Go back and look at it. It was a low-scoring game. And that, I think that was like the first two Super Bowls he won. So I don't think it's a good move. Matt Stafford is better, but is he elite? Mm, we'll see. We'll see. I think that the better move would have been... I, I heard they actually tried to get A-A-A-A-A-Ron. But it fell through. I don't think Green Bay was looking to do that. And I don't think they really cared for those picks. They didn't want to turn into much. Even though they already drafted um, his backup and, and love. I still feel like they think they got one more year out of AAAA run. Because they had a great season. So why not give it one more shot? But um, I'm trying to get in my brain, why not Deshaun Watson? Only thing I can think of is that Deshaun Watson just didn't want to go down and play for McVay. That's all I can think I heard he wanted to play with Salah. It seems like he only wants to play for um, a minority coach. Well, you know, who knows? He might end up in Pittsburgh. You never know. You never know. Um, they may trade, give them Ben Roethlisberger and a bunch of other players. 
and get Deshaun Watson in Pittsburgh. Um, they, I've heard a lot of rumors that he may go to Miami. These are all the three minority coaches. I think there's actually four. The other one's in uh, Washington, but I don't see them pulling that off, and I don't think he wants to go to Washington. Who, who knows? I want him to go to my Raiders. I saw something earlier today or actually yesterday or a couple of days ago, really, where they had a trade you know, thing where they put together showing that the Raiders trade away Marcus Mariota, both quarterbacks, Marcus Mariota and, and, and Carr. And I feel like that Carr is actually a solid quarterback, and his stats show that. But just like golf, he's not the kind of quarterback that'll get you over the hump. But the Raiders have a lot of holes. Their defense just isn't stout yet, and their and their passing attack is just not as good. They're okay. Darren Waller's your best receiver and tight end. Anytime your tight end is your best receiver, you have a problem. Now they have potential. You still have rugs there. There's a burner. Someone like Deshaun Watson could get him the ball. He can buy him time to get open. He can scramble. And he has a better arm than Carr. So that could actually end up working. Rugs can be unleashed. He could be another Tyree Kill. He could be another burner. <laughs> and so Deshaun Watts can easily be just like Mahomes in the right system. So we'll see. So I, I saw them doing a bunch of trades and giving up picks. If that happens, look out. And I think Deshaun Watts will be perfect for my silver and black. He'll be the perfect quarterback for the Raiders. I would love to see it but I can't see it. So the carousel continues. They also made comments that there will be um, like maybe eight different quarterbacks for different teams this season. Just just quarterbacks moving all over the place. And I don't want to just glare over what Deshaun Watson is doing. They're making it seem as if he might even sit out the entire season. He's prepared to do so. But I don't see that in the NFL because you're giving up a lot of, um, I mean, he has a lot of guaranteed money, but you get to lose a lot of those incentives and those incentives are damn near half your money, sometimes more. And you're getting paid as much as, what, I think he's the second highest paid player in the NFL behind Patrick Mahomes. Bro, you don't leave no money on the table. You can demand all you want to, but I say still show up to work. I don't know. I mean, he's already got his money. He's got more money he'll ever get in his life. So he, he might actually do it. He might be the one player to, to do, to exercise his power, to show the NFL players they actually do have power like they do in the NBA. We'll have to wait and see. Um, I can't wait to see exactly how that turns out. Um, we did have some WWE news. We just had the Royal Rumble and, um, you know, the winners of that edge coming back. And, um, you know, and the young lady, I forgot her name. I can't, I can't believe I forgot her name. Beautiful young lady with the long hair, the EST of WWE. <laughs> she won the females Royal Rumble. Um, and that's sad. I don't remember her name, but it's a reason why I don't really watch WWE like like that anymore. And I'm just going to talk about this shortly. Anyone knows me, they know I'm very Afrocentric. They know I have black pride and whatnot. Every time there's um, a black star or even just the superstars they promote, they usually, for them to be successful, they want you to jigaboo it up, i.e. the New Day. Those guys on their own were all proud black men playing their roles. I mean, I, I, Kofi Kingston was this happy-go-lucky um, supposed to be Jamaican guy and he did all the boom drops and always smiling and cheesing and Big E was just this big brute so when they came together and they had the bootios and throwing out pancakes and just being silly as hell they the, the, the crowd loved it playing the trombone so they they, they propelled them they, they gave them the spotlight now all of them are entertainers but why do the black man gotta put on the the the, the, the pony show why is that and then 
most of the times the black guys are the antagonists. They're always got to be the villain. They don't if they if you're not gonna jigaboo it up, you're the villain automatically. Why is the black man always the heel? So I, when I notice the propensity, and you go all the way back, junkyard dog, all the different guys. I remember when Rocky first came out. He was all this happy-go-lucky, dancing around and in, 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 in the hula skirts and whatever. And then when he changed his mo, he was kind of like the Money Mayweather. He had to be a heel. But this is the thing: The Rock was so successful not because they made him like a heel type hero, but because his he was like more racially ambiguous. With the straight hair and a fairer skin and a beautiful smile and an eyebrow, he wasn't like the Ahmed Johnsons. <laughs> right now, you have the the Hurt Business. They're, they're all heels. Even back in the days, you had the Nation of Domination. They're all heels. Why is that? Why can't we have a black hero? So when I see that and I see the propensity of that and I see how they continue to, when you have a, a, a like you have someone like Ricochet and he's he he's a great athlete flying through the air, they don't propel him. You know? And, and even with our, the, the female athletes, um, you had um, Fox back in the day. She was the long lasting um, black, female black athlete in the WWE in the diva division and she never got propelled and I'm I'm, I'm off the top of the dome I can't remember I think Naomi that's another one they give them a little shot they let you run for a little bit then they kick you to the curb to me Naomi was the most talented my thing is this let's keep it real people let's keep it a buck if you have the most talent the most power the most athleticism like you look like him on the streets you will beat someone's ass but then in the WWE, you, the, whatever the script is, that's how you're going to play it out. That's the problem, I believe. When you have people where you can see clearly that they should beat the other one's butt, why do they lose? Why do you have people like Goldberg coming back out of retirement all the time beating people? You want to tell me this 50-year-old man going to come over here and beat a young man who's 26 years old? Please. Goldberg's one of my favorites of all times. I love That streak was amazing. WCW puts some of the best scripts together that's why aew is going to start kicking butt and they're going to find a way to buy them out too the wwe has been horrible for years of their script writing and it's scripted they get the best talent and they don't utilize it they feel like they're still afraid mind you the mcmahon's are very big trump people best friends but they have a propensity of always belittling the black talent who a lot of times have the most talent they do but they elevate those who don't Naomi had a couple of tighter shots. They pushed her to the back so quick they couldn't, they couldn't, they they couldn't wait to get a new young black talent to push her out of the limelight. They couldn't wait. They wait for the next new thing. They're gonna have her jigaboo it up for a little bit and she'll be done too. Well, anyways, that's why I don't talk too much WWE. Because I feel like um I just I just feel like it, it's it's discouraging when I watch it. Um I, I as a young black boy to look at the screen and not see anyone that's representing you in the best light. Not someone that you can call your black hero, except you get Booker T, but he has to jigaboo it up too and do the spin a rooney at, at a moment's notice and say, sucker! What, what black person you know talk like that? So it, it's, just, it's, just, it's just, if you pay attention, it's just so racially charged and it's just disgusting to me. So I don't talk about it too much. Something glaring happens, we'll talk about that another time. Let's finish this off with the WNBA. My sparks, my sparks. Oh my God. 
ever since Derek Fisher came along, there's been um, tension. I was there um, after his first season, and they got completely swept out of the playoffs. And he didn't even have Candace Parker in them in the game. I knew that was a writing on the wall at that time. And I, there was there was a report that came out that um, Penny Toller, who was the GM at the time, president of operations, was so irate and upset with them before that final game and called them a bunch of bees and niggas and all that kind of stuff like that. And and she ended up getting fired and they came back and complained about it. I'm like, the reports also said she's always been that way. She just gets fiery. But this new era, you can't be that way. There's, there's HR. But the, the move with Fisher there, just it's like he's really getting along with the stars. And now it's evident as his probably the best spark of all time um, up there with Lisa Leslie. But remember, Candace Parker, her rookie season, she won Rookie of the Year and MVP in the same year. I think she's the only player to ever do that. She was Defensive Player of the Year last year. She's been League MVP before. She's been Finals MVP before. The most decorated spark probably of all time. And my favorite WNBA player of all time. And she's top 10 of my favorite player, basketball players of all time. No longer there. The only WNBA jersey my daughter has, Candace Parker. Proposed my wife at a WNBA game. At Candace Parker's, it was a rookie season. That's where I proposed. So I'm a big Candace Parker fan, and she's no longer there. She went back home to Chicago. She's going to finish off her career there. She'll end up having a 15-season career. She has two more years, did a two-year contract with the Chicago Sky. And guess who left with her? Another former um, league MVP, a former defensive player of the year. And Ineka Bumake went there with her. So the two top players for the Sparks left. And I believe they lost their point guard too. I believe Gray. I believe Gray, she left as well to another contender. I can't remember which team. Don't really care. So the, so the Sparks are looking all over the place to fill up that roster. I just hope they keep um, um, Taya Cooper with her fine self on that team. Uh, at least we have somebody to cheer for. Sparks picked her up on the waiver wire last season, so I hope they stays on the squad. But who knows? Her fiance is now in Philly, and Dwight Howard. So who knows if she'll move around to be closer to him? Never know. Oh, so my Sparks, my Sparks aren't gonna look too good next season. Um, I don't know. A little thing we can't play, we can't go to the games anyway. But we're gonna take another short break. See you back in a little bit. This is the time is now. We do not own the rights to this music. Now I suppose you hope the little black boy grows. Yeah, 18 yeah. years, 
younger than my mama But I really got beaten with the girl of trauma In single parenthood, there I stood By the time she was 21, had another one This one's a girl, let's name her Pam Same father as the first, but you don't give a damn Irresponsible, plain not thinking Papa said chill, but the brother keep winking Still he rolled down, you would tear out your hide On your side, while the baby make a slide But mama got wise to the game The youngest of five kids, hun, here it is After 10 years without no spouse Mama's getting married in the house Listen, positive over negative For the woman a master Mother queen's rise in the chapter Deja vu, tell you what I'm gonna do When they reminisce over you, my god When I date back, I recall a man off the family tree My right hand, Papa Doc, I see Whoa. Took me from a boy to a man So I always had a father When my biological didn't bother yeah. Taking care yeah. of this So who am I to pick up? Pick up. Not a bad ticker, but I'm clocking Pop's liver yeah. But you can yeah. never say that as life is through uh -huh. Five kids uh -huh. at 21 believe he got a right to right. Here we go while I check the scene With the Portuguese lover at the age of 14 The same age, front page, no fuss But I bet you all you know they live longer than us right. Never That's been right. seen now That's where you're wrong But give the man a taste and he's gone Not no sleep to a jazz tune I can hear his head banging on the wall in the next room I get the pillow and hope I don't wake him For this man to cuss, hear it all in verbatim Telling me how to raise my boy unless he's taking over I said, Pop, maybe when you're older We laughed all night about the hookers at the party My old man standing yelling, good God almighty Use your condom, take sips of the brew When they reminisce over you, for real For real, baby Reminisce over you. Listen. 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 Just listen. Listen to the funky song. song. As I rock on. And that bird is born. To the one and only. Never be another. He was my brother. Trouble T. Roy. It's like that, y'all. And it don't stop. That was reminisced by Pete Rock and CL Smooth. Timeless classic. Wanted to bring that one back up. Love that song. Great song. Once again, we come to our soapbox segment. And there's always so many things I can talk about, but I have to choose one thing. And this past week, we have a painful reminder that there's a huge disparity in this country when it becomes white or black, where things cannot be as simple as black or white, that there's actually many shades of gray. But in this case of white versus black or black versus white, or however you want to phrase it, 
we have an NFL player play for the Seattle Seahawks by the name of what's his name Chad Wheeler Chad Wheeler who assaulted and I want to say attempted murder on his Nubian queen and Chad Wheeler is, is a Caucasian male I believe the man's like six foot eight over 300 pounds who beat his woman continuously and choked her out until she was unconscious when she came to he was just sitting there casually eating his dinner and looked her way and says wow you're still alive and chuckled and continued to eat she locks herself into the restroom and calls the police later she gives a statement I guess kind of justifying his actions by saying well he's bipolar <laughs> this man's out on bail <laughs> see this is the thing that really pisses me off while when the person is a Caucasian male in America they will say things that oh they're disturbed or they have a mental health condition and all these different things and when it's a black person they're a thug criminal lock them under the jail because if you think that if the roles were reversed and it was a black man and a white woman would he even be out on bail <laughs> I can remember when it was someone like Ray Rice, and this is the NFL in general, black on black with his wife, with his, with his woman, and they got into an argument and he popped her in an elevator. He wasn't even, he had a short suspension. He didn't have much of a penalty until the video came out. And he can, he can never get back in the league again. And I agree with that, especially if you have no more talent. Why should you be back in the league? But I'm, we're not even gonna talk about Wheeler getting back in the league because as of right now, he's a free agent. But why? <laughs> There's so many layers here because the reason why he did what he did is because he stated or she stated because she refused to bow to him. And that's a trigger for me. Bow to him for what? For why? Who are you? Are you trying to imply that you are the superior one? that she should bow down to you. <laughs> this thing here, and you want to use the excuse of bipolar. Well, I'm also bipolar. Does that excuse me for beating down anyone for that matter, let alone my spouse? The person who nurtures me and takes care of me. Does this person need help? Yes. But I don't think his bipolarism had anything to do for these actions. This is another clear case of how this country, how they view women first, especially by the NFL, because men have been beating their wives all through the history of the NFL and continue to play. Many of them never even locked up for longer than a night. But the more glaring thing, it's how this country views a black woman or a black person in general. Because when Michael Vick was accused of harming dogs, he was in prison for two years. 
this man may never see a jail cell ever. And this was attempted murder on a human being. Yes, this country elevates the life of a dog over that of a black woman. <laughs> but that's the history of this country, people. Why are you surprised? This happens over and over again. During the times of the civil rights movement, when black people were peacefully protesting, shouting, we shall overcome, we shall overcome someday. And they attacked them with water hoses, not just water hoses, I'm sorry, fire hoses. But the pressure is so severe, if you're close enough, it can rip your skin. And then police dogs, German shepherds, biting through their flesh. And that's okay, right? We just saw some people of less melanin storm the Capitol and they were just guided in. No attack dogs, nothing. No water hoses, no rubber bullets. Why are you surprised? There's nothing to be shocked about. For this country was built on the bigotry and racist and the manifest destiny of those people where they believe that they are the superior race, that they are above you where you are just less than. You are subordinate. You are fortunate to be here and living. You are fortunate that they don't hang you from trees for staring at their women, that you are fortunate that you are allowed to entertain them and they pay you handsomely for it. What did I tell you before? <laughs> They use you to get what they want. When are you gonna learn to use them to get what you need? This continuously shouting and protesting, I'm for it, but to me it's to what end? Why do we continue to beg to get the scraps from the table? Why do we continue to try to ask the master for a piece of bread? Why? For what? Where's your pride? Where's your dignity? Because what are you protesting for? For equal shares? Let me ask you, if you were in the same position, would you do it? And for what? How does that benefit you? Yes, as a Christian, I understand. As a believer, as someone who's a Buddhist, I understand. But someone who believes in a higher power, I understand because you know that in scripture that we all are equal and we all deserve to be treated as equal. But these people are not those people. What these people believe in is the almighty dollar and power of that dollar. And why would they relinquish that power if they do not have to? The commandments, the Bill of Rights were written by white men. It was meant to be for white men. That's why the things are the way that they are. The disparity of cop killings and, hmm, why were the police even developed? How did they even come to be? Were they not the originals who chased down slaves and brought them back for a fee or wages? Listen, people use them for what they have as they steal from our countries and get the riches from our homeland what are their riches 
dollar. They're teaching you the ways of business, invest in different stocks, take the money and develop it and go back to the country, to the, to the land that will embrace you and love you and cultivate you. Take the things you can, take the, the ideals of their civilization, their ways, learn their tactics, learn their ways, learn the things that they have done and use it against them when the time is right. And I say that the time is now. Until next time. Well, that's it this week, guys. Thank you so much for rocking with me once again, my faithful followers. And I see that my subscriptions are continuously increasing. So I appreciate everyone for all the love. Remember to like, share, and subscribe. Really appreciate you guys. And happy birthday to me again. Now it's time for our final word. Finally, all of you be like-minded, be sympathetic, love one another, be compassionate and humble. Do not repay evil with evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing, because to this you were called so that you may inherit a blessing. For whoever would love life and see good days must keep their tongue from evil and their lips from deceitful speech. They must turn from evil and do good. They must seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous and his ears are attentive to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. First Peter 3, 8 through 12. Remember to spread love, share love, embrace love, for God is love. Until next time, peace. <laughs>